When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're making it worse. I'm Elliot Glazer. I'm Brent Sullivan. And I'm H. Allen Scott. We're here. We're queer. Meh. Textual healing. So there's a phenomenon that um, has taken shape on TikTok or been called out on TikTok that I have noticed for a very long time. Yeah, Elliot is obsessed with this phenomenon. It is a I'm, phenomenon. Yeah. yeah. It's a phenomenon. It's called bear face. Mm. And it's sort of like a version of the old duck face that popped up with like MySpace and, and, you know, selfies and stuff. But basically bear face as it's come to be known is a phenomenon of men who are usually bearded or hairier or in the bear scene, even Mm -hmm. taking Mm -hmm. a photo or a selfie where they do this thing and um, for tighten their lips, furrow their brows and sort of like narrow their eyes to to almost look like they're confused or like like markedly delighted, but in a in a in a in like a yeah precious it, it, way. It's like it's like a like it's, like it, a monkey if, face if, kind if of there thing. There was if there was like a cartoon bubble uh, of words, it would be like hmm like like the hmm. Face. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I noticed this years ago because I just noticed some dude on Instagram or, or I guess I think it was Instagram, just some some guy like some gay dude who only took pictures With making face. this face. Yeah. And I thought it was insane. Like, truly, it is an insane thing to do where picture after picture after picture, his only facial expression is huh? And, yeah, and I, I've never understood it. <laughs> it wait, 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 f- hold on, hold on. It drove Elliot absolutely crazy for like a three-month period of time. Elliot would <laughs> like, ev- like every week, send me like eight pictures this guy posted, 
And he like in all caps be like, why are you making this face? What is wrong with you? I mean, what is and what is what is that though? Like, an, what is, is that epidemic. choice? It's an epidemic. I don't think it's I, I don't think it's only with bears, but I Oh, do. it is. It oh, is I very don't, much I so. Don't, and them. I feel like you're gonna get a lot of feedback from that comment. <laughs> I'm but, not saying only, oh. I, I'm saying mostly. It's that there's a reason that it's called bear face. I mean and, and it the is, but it's it's also it's not just I, I get what you're saying, and I know why. I know why they want to label it bareface. However, in my days of even just being on Tinder and all of the things and Grinder, there are plenty. There's the epidemic of geek face, which is the same thing geek as face. Bare yes, face, where yes. Yeah. you yeah. have you have these gay guys who I don't know why. I think it might be an uncomfortable way of having to be photographed, and and, and we live in a world where you have to put your face out there on these things, and you feel uncomfortable doing that. So you do that weird default squirming face with the mouth closed and one one side's up it's kind of almost like an elvis lip but not quite because the mouth is closed it's it's very strange well i think you're i do think you're right and i think it's i i do think it is generally a geek face thing but i mean at least from from my from my perspective for a long time it has been mostly at least uh, the a bearish type that you would see on like scruff and so there's um in in doing some research about it there's a psychologist and body <laughs> language expert named dr peter colet and he was talking about that the reason to actually to your point alan the reason for this phenomenon might be the discomfort of selfie taking the idea of mirroring others mm -hmm. um the idea attempt to like masculinize your look and mm -hmm. also potentially irony which i think is like the geek version of it all um, mm -hmm. But he says it's it's something that you see. He says the clamping of the mouth and the drawing of the lips is something you see sports people do when they're trying to look determined. So bareface is sending out a message of toughness and masculinity and quote unquote facial blend, where it's a mix of like different ideas. Oh, interesting. So it's hard. It's hard to understand exactly what you're thinking or the emotions yes. by looking at their face, it, which is it's, in, in a way yeah. a complexity that people might want. Isn't that and, and but it's like that's so interesting because it really is it is I it, it, if you ask me like it is a, ch a distinct choice that feels um, completely opposite of like a attempt to be smoldering and to give like a steely eyed sort of an attempt to be super sexy so maybe that is where part of it comes from but 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 the I but but what is so strange about it is that everyone responds in the same way. By being like, if I'm not going to try to look sexy and smoldering, I'm going to do this thing where I look like a monkey or like like a cartoon. It's so odd. I to mean, me. it, it is interesting how like cultural influence works and like it's it's just how like this slow osmosis like this is something I, I know you guys disagreed, I think, with me recently, but I feel like gray jeans uh, are really big right now. And mm. I I. I, I see him everywhere, including my mom wears gray jeans. And like, I don't, I, it, it like, it happened like three, four years ago where all of a sudden, like one day I was like, I don't want to buy blue jeans. I want to buy gray jeans. And that's just, and, and I guess all of that is to say, like to connect that with people post these pictures and slowly over time, you see, you see enough of them as you're scrolling through the, the yeah. diatribe, the trash that Instagram feeds you. And and, you know, all of a sudden you start smiling a certain way for all your pictures. It you never know? bothered me in a way because I've always sort of I've likened it to people who are nervous to in public speaking or people who are like, I feel like I'm 
I'm the freak. The exception the, to the rule. I'm the exception to the rule in that I am a very sort of like gregarious, outgoing, like I can talk in front of a mic really easily. And none of that yeah. makes me nervous. And taking a picture mm. doesn't make me nervous. And I know how to do all those things. And mm. I think for the vast majority of people, that is not a normal trait. I it think you're not, right. And I think because of that and because of the world we live in with social media, I think there we're seeing the early adapters in how to actually smile on camera in a digital way and people are sort of doing what we do as humans you get in the line and you assimilate like everyone else and you do well, what's formal you that's know that's a great point alan and i also would be remiss uh if i let this opportunity fly by uh without noting that elliot used to pose for his pictures way back in our new york days oh, God. a very certain way and it was one well, of my favorite things do you want to explain that elliot yeah i mean let me first say that i like i it doesn't this doesn't the phenomenon doesn't anger me it sort of baffles me but i think alan explains it perfectly it's sort of a for once <laughs> it's sort of an understood um like like I said before, like a mirroring that people are doing because they all sort of are falling into line by following this one trend. To me, it's like baffling to get to the idea of people being like, mm, like doing yeah. that with their face. Yeah. yeah. Because for me, to Brent's point, I am not one who's going to just do that. And and it's not and it's not a uh, it's not a, a good thing. It's sort of a bad thing in a sense to be sort of, uh, you know, uh, beleaguered with the idea of like wanting to look okay but not wanting yeah. to be you know assimilate the way everybody else does so mm -hmm. um but to Brent's point years ago yeah i would i would try to take a <laughs> i forget it was mindy tucker who is a big um, comedy pr photographer in new york mm -hmm. who told me that what you want to do is sort of lean forward and put your forehead toward the camera <laughs> yeah. and i think i just tried to do that and managed to fuck it up a lot well just to clarify yeah, I, I mean, I think you were anxious that if you didn't do that, it would look like you have a double chin, which obviously was never the case. Yeah. But it, the best part was you would. So as people, <laughs> I remember this multiple times, you know, someone be like, let's take a picture. And you're standing next to Elliot. And like in those like three or four seconds before the flash, you know, before the picture's taken, Elliot would kind of just very slowly and subtly yeah. jut, like jut his chin out. And there's one photo where he does it. <laughs> Where it's just from do it. Just, Send me the photo. I think I've yeah, seen. It. I, I, yeah, it's just at the wrong angle. Yeah. Like you actually, you don't notice in most pictures, but in this one photo, he looks like he's like an <laughs> onion photoshopped guy. His, his head looks like it's been like, like rejiggered improperly, and it's like I my look, favorite picture. It's always going to be on my phone. I look oh like something. Something's not right with my body, and my right. and my sister and my family hate they they. Every time we take a picture, they're they, before we even take the picture, they're like, D "Stop being an asshole!" Because I'm, because I'm, stop, be normal. They scream at me, "Be normal!" And so my sister with this one, she like cropped it and will send it to me every, like every ever so, every so often, being like, "Don't do this! Don't do this!" Because I, <laughs> I do look like something, something is wrong with me. I think the whole smile thing also is. Yeah. And Brent just texted the photo, and it's right. You do look, you look, you look like you have a bad back. Yeah, I was going to say there's like a palsy to <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, there's so something. It's a little uncanny valley. <laughs> there's something, wrong. something happening there. Um, no, I think it's the same thing, and I think people would say the same thing about like 
why so many gay like Elliot, why so many gay guys need to have a beard to assimilate, to sort of fit within mm-hmm. the gay aesthetic of a certain part of the community. And it's it's the same thing with the smile. It's the same thing with all these different things. It's the the growth and the path to feeling comfortable in a world that often feels uncomfortable. You know? Mm-hmm. But I would prefer see, I like, I mean, I grew my beard like oh oh six and it wasn't for any other reason than i wanted to try it and i've never not had a beard since then that explanation doesn't doesn't work aesthetically so that to everyone else you have a beard because every other gay guy in the community has a beard totally but i in a sense i wish that i i wish that i did grow it to be part of the community because then i could just assimilate and be normal whereas Mm -hmm. For most of the time, I do feel like a fucking weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wish that I could just kind of do the same thing. And and because, like, why not? There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, no, but that's why yeah. we do what we do, because we collectively always feel like weirdos. We don't want to assimilate, yeah. so we want to constantly judge others for doing it. You know, yeah, that's why yeah, we have this I'd like, podcast. I'd like to ass- <laughs> yeah, but I'd like to assimilate every now and then. Yeah. It, it would feel nice. Yeah, no, I hear that. Not even joking. So we are joined this week by. <laughs> We've been shitting so much before this intro, and Brent is just crying now. He's just crying. <laughs> but I am. I mean, what am I supposed to do? Uh, we're joined this week by two old dear friends. Two They're of not our old. favorite. Two of our favorite comedians uh, in the world. They also happen to be married. Everyone, please welcome Andrea Rosen and John Gambrling. Thank you so much for joining the podcast, guys. (laughs) Thank you for having us. Okay, before we get started in talking about anything, we have to start that when we started this Zoom, you two were nowhere to be found, and it was just us looking (laughs) at your garage, which then got us talking about how much, much more successful at life you are, that you have not only a garage, but a garage yeah. that you can then make like a spare room into. Yeah, yeah. Thank we did you. that. We did do that. Well, I came out and set it. You know, I, I set up the the mic and everything, oh. and then I ran back in because our kids. My mother's watching the kids. The kids are inside. Mm-hmm. They're watching a movie. They were having dinner, so we were getting settled down. So mm. you know, we have the kids. We have the stuff. So we're more maybe successful in life that way yeah. Also, <laughs> um, and, and your mother flew in just so you guys could do the podcast yeah exactly flew her out yeah. for that yeah but yeah. we were a little tardy because or i was tardy because i have to have my hot water yeah <laughs> are you just drinking you... water it's just what? water it's just water it's so oh. delicious you put said, lemon or ginger or anything in it no no no, oh, I told you. Clean. I said she's heating up water. You said I have tea hot also. Water. I said but not tea. Apparently hot water, especially in the morning, is like one of the healthiest things you could do is just immediately drink hot, plain water. Oh, see, uh-huh. I've, I've heard Why? many other things too. I don't know. I'll a full glass of water. I've heard you put lemon in the water and ginger and it helps settle the stomach for the day. I've heard a lot of different yeah. things like that. I do it all day long. I can barely function without it. Without hot water. (laughs) Interesting. I actually find hot water to be actually disgusting. If there's no flavor to it, (laughs) I'm like, what am I doing? Why am I sipping this so slowly? I like to gulp water. Yeah. No, I just mean like, I like to gulp water. 
Uh-huh. You like to gulp water? Is that what you Yeah, do? I feel like it, it doesn't quench my thirst if I can't gulp it. If I sip it and, mm. you know, hot, I don't like, I don't want to burn my tongue, so I'm going to sip hot mm. water. I feel like I'm not hydrating. You know what's interesting? I almost can't, like, I have this big cup that I put my cold water in, and I have to drink cold water through a straw, but not oh. with your hot water. Mm-hmm. I oh. like cold water in a straw also. I think it's delicious. I do mm-hmm. that in the summertime. Well, hot beverages through a straw is not good because it's taking the liquid to the back of your throat, and that's harder to not burn yourself. Well, yeah. that's true, but it also, if you are wanting to protect, I don't know, a whitening job on your teeth or maybe like stick or something you have going on, <laughs> you want right. to use a sure. straw so that you can get it and not ruin what's happening inside. And dentists actually suggest you use a straw for that reason to protect your teeth. Yes. Oh, dentists yeah. suggest because a lot of this things. Is what so. was happening. I love coffee and I was drinking so much coffee and my teeth were turning brown. Yes, oh. I'm having that. It was so fucking gross. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, I would smile at myself in the mirror and it was just (laughs) shit. It was just like little pieces of shit. Yeah. And so I said to the dentist, what the fuck? You know, whiten my goddamn teeth. And he said, I'll whiten them. It's going to cost a lot of money and be really painful. But if you keep drinking coffee and or tea, it'll just turn brown again. Tea will make your teeth brown? Yeah. It's the same and, coffee. It's a dye. It's like a yeah. dark drink. Yeah. So then I said, well, fuck this. I'm switching to water. And thank God, because I love it. But um, yeah, yeah it was no, really that, for I, that, vanity that I switched. Interesting. interesting. That, that gives me a lot of concern because I, I have I've been drinking coffee pretty steadily for the last decade. And I feel like my teeth are browning. Yeah. And my dentist just told me. He won't whiten my teeth. Oh, why? He thinks he thinks it would be patchy. He's like oh. looking at your teeth. I think it it won't work. I have and that. So problem I'm like too. fucked. I have that problem too, but for a different, for a similar reason, but different. Where I had a fucked up dentist a couple years ago who gave me two bridges after chemo. I had to have all these teeth taken out, and yeah, I right. gave me two bridges, and he matched the color of the bridge to the rest of my teeth. And now the dentist was like, "Well, I can't whiten your teeth because I could only whiten the ones that you are real." And then the fake ones are going to be yellow yeah. and you're going to look yeah. like a, it's, it's going to be whiten. weird. You can't whiten a, a fake tooth? No. No, no, no. Oh, God. You can't paint it? There's no paint? No, can't I you can't guys just brush? Yes. Well, it doesn't work. Yeah. I mean, you guys' teeth look fine. Brent, your teeth look fine. Well, thank you, John. I, I, I have a, right, de- so a dental wait. question for you guys. So oh, okay. you two are um, parents <laughs> to two adorable adorable boys and i have for a very long time said that you guys are some of the best parents that i know because you very much exist with your kids in a way that feels not like a chore or a job you're just like you have fun with them because you just just meet them them where they are um that's besides the point they're just hilarious two hilarious kids question about dental approaches with them how do you feel about fluoride? Fluoride? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, is that a thing to take into consideration with your kids' dental health? Is this like a <laughs> like a mind control conspiracy yeah. thing? <laughs> yeah. I, was say, I, th- I think most people are pro-fluoride, right, Elliot? Yeah, I, I, are, yeah. I, I haven't I've heard compelling evidence against fluoride. I think it's pretty good. <laughs> we have it in the water in New York. Know. You you drank it growing up and yeah. The water in New York is fluoridated. 
I want to rescind that question because I don't even know why I asked it. <laughs> Wait, all right. Well, I, all right. I do want to ask. So start you guys, over. Yeah, you, you guys are uh, such a close-knit couple. I remember in New York when you guys met and you seeing you, even though I had known you both independently, I believe, before you started dating, um, seeing you guys start dating, it was like one of the first times I saw uh, people date one another that made each other so joyful and you guys had like slump. You would talk about like your slumber parties and shit. But also, I also want to throw parties. out that there's a like it's like a forever sleepover. Oh, that it feels yeah, like yeah, a yeah. slumber right, party. Right, that's what you said, Andrea. That's right. You said something. You were like, every night feels like a sleepover with him. Yeah. And but there's also an age discrepancy between you go you two and Andrea. Um, you're older, which is no, not always. John like is the most much common. older than me. John is <laughs> much <laughs> much older than I am. Yeah. <clears throat> But wait, so tell us about like meeting and everything. Mating? <laughs> tell us about meeting. <laughs> if you're watching a movie, John, we know what you did. Uh, well, we met on a Verizon commercial. Did you really? Oh. Yeah. Wow. And I thought John was so fucking cute. I thought yeah. he was the cutest person and he was so sweet. Like, and funny, like his face is just so nice. Mm -hmm. And uh, <clears throat> and then I liked him, right? And then um, I I told somebody at an audition a couple days later. Well, she you asked she asked me right straight oh, yeah. away. Do do you have a girlfriend? And I did have a girlfriend. And John said, "Yes, I have a girlfriend." And then um. A couple days later, there was an audition. There were a lot of comedy people at the audition. And I said to a guy in my naturally kind of loud voice, I said, hey, I have a crush on someone, you know, and the guy goes, who is it? I said, John Gemberling. And then a, a girl or woman, whatever, turned around and she was like, that's my boyfriend. And, oh, my um, God. It was his girlfriend at the time. Oh my God. And That's I, insane. I know. And then I was like, I mean, I don't even know him. I was like crazily backpedaling. You know, I was like, he's your boyfriend. I Ignore me. I'm nobody. Andrea, I feel like you and I have that in common in that like when we do say these awkward things, which I do often, I will always liken it up to being like, I'm loud. I'm crazy. I don't know what I'm yeah. saying. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That's the only excuse I've come up with. I don't know that it's a good one, but um, <laughs> that's my go-to. It's so great. Wait, so when did, the, when did you then finally get together after that? Like, when did it all A few happen? years later. John oh, had that girlfriend oh. for a couple years. And but then, then we dated a little bit, but then Andrea wasn't ready. Oh. She was like field playing well, she was dealing with wow. a situation she was well, trying to get her I, I do i do want to throw this out andrea is the only person i've ever known who actually had a hookup at one point based <laughs> off of a missed connections on craigslist oh that's wow. true that what is true. there what is that? so yeah what happened there i saw a guy on the subway and i was like oh my god he's such a fox <laughs> and then um this is a common narrative for you yeah, <laughs> and then I I posted it on Missed Connections on Craigslist, <laughs> and I got like a bunch of not a bunch, but probably like 15, twelve people being like, "It was wow. me," and then I would be like, "Send a picture," and it was yeah. wasn't them, yeah. and right. then it fucking was him. Wow. 
wow. wow. That's so bizarre. I can't even believe what it actually the, happened. And then the I connection? went to his house. Jesus. The connection he, was he was hot, John. Yeah. <laughs> but what but but for both for him to be looking on misconnections, what what passed between the two of you? I, we were like looking at each other. Yeah. You knew what train you were on. He remembered what train yeah. he was on. Uh, you remember yeah. there's some sort of connection. And then you yeah. probably showed him your picture after he showed you his. Yeah. And it was a, a misconnection that was then made. Yeah. Oh, yeah and then I oh, went to his before. house. He lived not far from me. <laughs> we <laughs> hooked up. As soon as we were done hooking up, I was disgusted. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I gotta go. And then, like, he like texted me a couple times and was like, "Let's oh. hang out." And I didn't. I don't even think I responded. And then I ran into him. Of course, he's a fucking actor. I ran into yeah. him at an audition, and I honestly, I think I pretended like I didn't know him. Wow. I had one misconnection that was about me once, and it was the most flattering thing, the most scary and flattering thing I've ever had. I had my first three way ever in New York City. It was like oh. late at night at a club. I went over to the guy's place. This was the misconnection. We were in a three-way. No, no, no. Well, yes. <laughs> on the other side. <laughs> yes, that was the misconnection. So, like, I had the three-way. I went over, and it was, like, with a troll. Like, literally, he was literally a troll. He was a club kid with, like, hair that went up to here. And, like, yeah. it was very yeah. strange. We had this three-way with him and his boyfriend. And then, like, weeks go by, and I see, because I loved reading misconnections. He was like, yeah, we had a three-way. You were a comic. You were at this club. We want to hook up with you again, but we don't know how to get in touch with you. This is before everything. And I, wow. they were terrifying because they had, like, the messiest apartment. And we watched, like, um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And I literally thought okay. I was going to die. It was such a scary experience. Right. But right. maybe the a misconnection. Wait, and then the did movie, you hook up again? Not with them, no, but I've hooked yeah. up many times since. So <laughs> I, uh, speaking speaking of sex, uh, Elliot gave me a little tidbit of, of information, John. Let's kind of pivot to you a little bit here. You were in a documentary. <laughs> Why are you gripping that Sharpie like you've got <laughs> notes in front of you? <laughs> the Dan Rather of your Why making are you Sharpie? <laughs> I've never been critiqued so much during a 10-minute interview than this one, but... Uh, John, you wrote a documentary <laughs> about sex, like when you were sixteen, right? I was, I was with in your a... dad or something. Yes. T tell um, us about that. Well, they these these this was in like the the waning of the real sex era on HBO mm -hmm. when it was right. like you could you know trot some swingers around and like call it a documentary um <laughs> right and right. people were like i'm watching a documentary <laughs> um but then these people made this um documentary on women and their breasts and like it was supposed to be this candid like you know women sat topless for interviews and talked very candidly about you know right having breast cancer and and all, all sorts of different women young women old women some of them had mastectomies and mm -hmm. and very large breasts very small breasts just the whole sort of stigma and medical stuff and all sorts of stuff and it was mm -hmm. i guess a success and then they did one for men which they called private dicks men exposed right uh, oh wow was, right. uh <laughs> It was like a lot less elegant. Like with women, it's like, okay, like candid and feels sort of like mature. Um, mm -hmm. And with men, it was just like all talking about jerking off and like, you know. <laughs> and you were a teenager. 
I was a teenager. I was not naked. A lot of the men were naked, but you didn't have to be naked. Was your dad? Was your naked? dad naked? My dad was naked. Yeah, he was yeah. naked. Wow. My dad is uh, pretty well endowed. There was one guy they had wow. who had like a fifteen-inch dick. No. Oh no. my god! No, was it Jonah Falcon? Was it? it that's Elliot maybe. probably dated. Why? Because he's like he's famous. He's famous for having like a huge dick, and he was on like Howard Stern, and I think he did like he's like oh, I'm not gay, but he's but, like, he is gay. I no, don't know. New York. It, maybe oh. I, whoever he was, I met him in the like green room during the shoot, and he was wearing bicycle shorts, so of you course. could see it like wrapped oh, around his waist. <laughs> yeah, and uh, it's all he could fucking talk about. You know, it's like all it was his personality. There's a guy at the gym here in LA who's like that, who like literally will just, he goes to the gym to show off his 15 inch dick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Elliot is, Elliot is actually, um, he's currently uh, pursuing a project where he's taking a film crew and he's he's meeting hundreds of different people <laughs> with like long dicks across the country. It's not a documentary though. Um, I don't know what you would do with a 15 inch dick. Like I'm, I always make fun of myself having like the smallest dick in the world, but like honestly, a large dick at, to to actually physically have it. I, I already, feel the same way. Like my thighs already yeah. squished the one ball that I have left. Like I don't <laughs> right. have anything down there. Yeah. I also feel bad for someone whose dick is that big because just just I mean like you can't like you cannot fuck everyone. Yeah. If your dick is fifteen inches. Like North a lot of in their mouth can't take that. You know. No. Like I that, went out that's... with a guy. I had a boyfriend. He oh, had a goodness. really he, <laughs> <laughs> he <had a> big <laughs> <laughs> and um i i mean Tell i had about a, me i had a urinary tract infection like every other week it was <laughs> sure i was like this it was never comfortable yeah. i was never always... get infections with me yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no you don't do. no they're manageable Oh. It wasn't fun. It wasn't yeah. fun. I want to ask you guys like about <laughs> pivoting from dicks to kids. Um, <laughs> the not much of a pivot. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I always am fascinated by because I remember when I was a kid and like parents. My parents didn't really have friends outside of the family, and so it was just sort of like there were never any other adults. And with friends in LA who have kids, I'm always like, but you guys are still cool, and like you do yeah. shit, and like. We hear from you. I mean, not like I hear from these guys, but like you know what I mean. Like you're still yeah. like active, active adults with friends. Yeah. yeah. What? Like what is? Did you ever see you guys being the parents that you are? And like, how do you stay cool? <laughs> no. Um, I don't feel like I'm that different. Like I feel like I was never a normo anyway. Yeah. Right. You know, I was. I was always like, uh, I always felt different it, until like comedy. And then I was like, oh, okay, this is my yeah. kind of person. Mm -hmm. So I still feel that way. Like we, you know, so we interact with comedy people and it feels totally normal. And then sometimes we yeah. have to interact with parents and some of them are normos. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I don't really know how to talk to them. And yeah. like, it's there. They feel sometimes very much like they're they've they were definitely in a sorority, you know, like they yeah. definitely yeah. don't shit in front of their partners, um, yeah. you know, like just a natural list, natural progression, sorority, 
Private defecating. <laughs> Everything that goes into a normo. <laughs> they all, they always go, oh, my husband. You know, they're always yeah. like talking about my husband. You know. <laughs> it's so... It's it's just a different kind of person. So I feel like now that we are parents, we sometimes have to interact with some of those normos. And then yeah. I, this isn't really answering your question, is it? No, but no, it, no, no, it is. Well, no, it absolutely is. I also, you know, I want to throw out one of my favorite things about Andrea. I wanted to talk about this back in our New York days when we did a lot of shows together. You were the only comic I knew. <laughs> who had two different jokes about incest. <laughs> you, had a, you had a joke about like getting Not a, funny a card. Topic. Funny from, yeah. What you had a joke about like getting a card from your dad that was like weirdly flirty. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And you were like, you were like, I was really flattered because he's like really good looking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you had one about like your brother too, right, Andrew? Yeah. Do you remember? What was that joke? I don't remember my jokes, but I know <laughs> yeah, I right. had one. Like the one about my dad that you just said, I didn't I remember it now that you said it, but yeah. I don't ever remember my jokes. Wasn't but it, yeah, it was something it about, about rooming together in new mexico or something quite possibly wow your dad moved to new mexico you guys both have somewhat dare i say eccentric parents dare i say uh yeah i mean well, yeah maybe john's dad yeah. is the john's dad the more so yeah yeah john tell us about your dad a little bit <laughs> i remember your dad tell, in new york tell us about your dad very like very wiry guy yeah yeah um yeah, he's a wiry, he's a Lou Reedy kind of like wiry, <laughs> veiny guy. He is. Um, very vascular. Yeah. <laughs> very vascular. Great blood flow, except he did have a deep vein thrombosis oh, okay. recently and right. had to go to the hospital. I'm so sorry to hear that. Thank you. I've never even heard uh, of that. It's like a blood clot type of thing. DVT. Okay. I've seen ads for DVT medications. Yep. Mm hmm. <laughs> Um, yeah, he, uh, is an artist, like, yeah, he, very... when we were, when we were all doing improv at the UCB theater in New York, he painted or illustrated the bathroom walls with some really, um, oh, wow. graphic, like pseudo erotic, but like funny graphic <laughs> <laughs> illustrations. He likes working in like sort of Grecian and mm. Victorian sort of eroticism. Mm. Um, he made us, Sam, he's really into ceramics and making ceramics. And so he made us this like vase and on it are, he's obsessed with John. So he's always drawing John, <laughs> His son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. painting John. And he's kind of obsessed with me too and our kids. So like, he's just really into us. And so on this vase, he like painted, you know, like John was there on the edge of it. And then yeah. I was there and I, I was like, topless in it yeah. and my tits were like he's huge. rendered andrea's breasts <laughs> play and paints many times and it was it was so fucking weird yeah. i remember like, this was now. i like blowing you or something no like, no 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 my old girlfriend no no he made a uh he had a um sculpture that he made of him as a half man half crab 
face fucking of a, a woman's <laughs> giant head. Yeah, that, wow. that tracks. Yeah. That um, is intense. <laughs> yeah, he 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 came to like all my shows and you yeah, know, is very that. very supportive. Uh, very supportive. He he just texted me and Andrea and my mom up. I guess he was in a waiting room somewhere and there was like a dark water stain on the drop ceiling and he texted us a picture and was like it's john in the ceiling and there he is and there's his head and there he's got a six-pack abs and like oh my god he just i'm like please stop he just sees me everywhere god I'm like stop thinking that about me is and, and andrea what about like are your parents are pretty eccentric too right I mean, they're nothing compared to John's that. dad. <laughs> right. um, they really are not. But um... and, and you, I, I guess eccentric. maybe a better reference is that you grew up on Roosevelt Island, which is insane. That's, That's like eccentric. a sliver okay. of an island on New York that like no one has ever been to somehow still. <laughs> uh, yes. What, I, and what was that like? Um, It was just like growing up in a on a, you know, in a small town in the middle of New York City. Um, yeah. And uh, I was just, we were at dinner the other night and someone asked me the exact same question. I'll tell you what I said to them, which is, it was an island of divorced mothers yeah, and their children. And because it was like affordable housing. And if you yeah. faced Queens, you were poor. And if you faced Manhattan, you were rich. And there was oh, one wow. street and or it was called Main class. Street. You weren't wow. rich. Everybody was middle class or below middle class or poor. Yeah. Um, it was all government subsidized. And so wow. there was Main Street. And then on the weekends, like every Saturday morning was a line of cars because it was always the dads coming to pick up the kids. Um, wow. The divorced kids. And there was one couple and they were lived in my building and they were married. And we all thought that was so weird. We were like, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and then they got divorced like 15 years later. And we were all like, yeah, no shit, Sherlock. Like, why weren't you always divorced? Oh my God. Yeah, that is um, an odd place. I mean, it is an odd place. Maybe not for you, but for anybody else just a place that's right there but not in the city there, technically not, and yeah. accessible by tram like what yeah yeah so strange like a gondola don't even goes lose there yeah i love the, the tram though i took it once for when i was working on uh anthony weiner's campaign we had an event on roosevelt island and i had to oh. take the gondola thing over to roosevelt and honestly this like Midwestern, like Missouri boy, I felt so rich. I felt yeah. so oh, it always I seemed felt... fancy to me. Yes, I always yeah. thought Roosevelt Island I mean, was actually fancy. quite fancy. It wasn't it's fancy clean. at all, but I just felt like I was on like a Disney ride to somewhere in New York. You know what I mean? Yeah. Without any of the fancy fun music and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, I if we were, you know, for people who grew up there, we called it the Rock, and our moms really wouldn't let us off the Rock by ourselves until um, like ninth grade. So we wow. were kind of stuck on yeah. Roosevelt Island, which was like really horrible because like there was this city just yeah, so close. Right. Oh my God, I wanted to go downtown, go to Astor right. Place, get my hair cut. <laughs> and there aren't good businesses there. Like there aren't enough right. people living there to support like a good business. Also, it's a captive audience. So there's no like market competition. So the supermarket's sort of shitty. There's no good. There's restaurants, but they all suck. Like, 
because you oh. have to go there. Yeah. Whatever the store is, everybody has to shop there. Yeah. So yeah. I just so played like a ton of Burger King in my room because I had like a sliding window and like you that was what? I played Burger King. <laughs> I was played like, like the always, delivery window. Yes. I was yeah, always just like taking people's orders and then like listening to the I could listen to, through the intercom to like the downstairs. And I was just like doing that. That was like my childhood. That, that was like that was until, the like, game you played until city. ninth grade. Yes. <laughs> and then I was just like, oh, thank God. Now I can go to Bloomingdale's and like try to eat free samples that's what i did once i got into the city <laughs> but then you you show up to bloomingdale's and you were like does anyone want to play burger king and they're like what, what the hell are you talking about <laughs> well eating the perfume andrea, samples andrea rosen and john gemberling oh you guys are so funny you're like such dear friends andrea people can catch you on the new show on amazon upload that's You've right. That's right. Had a million other credits. John, obviously, people can find you on Broad City, uh, as well as a million other credits. And where can people find you online if if you want them to follow you on the internet? Well, I'm on Twitter at at Gember Licking and Instagram <laughs> at Gember Sucking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Andrea. I'm on Instagram. I think I'm just Andrea K. Rosen on Instagram. Okay. 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 Simple. Well, thank you so much for doing the podcast. Yeah. Guys. Thank you, guys. She is on Twitter. You. Well, she, she is on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> and she uploads videos to Vimeo, her videos that she makes. And we yes. recently realized that her every time she uploaded to Vimeo, it was auto tweeting that it uploaded. <laughs> <laughs> So Perfect. we have to change the settings. <laughs> By the way, Andrew's videos on Vimeo are incredible. Oh, Check them out. Yeah, the short films are amazing. Okay. Oh, thank you. And another thing. So I had uh, uh, an idea that popped into my head recently that I was kind of curious about. We talked on, I think, last week's episode about people from a much older generation, like our parents or even grandparents being gay friendly and how how rare it, it, it was and how much it sticks out. So I kind of wanted to ask you guys, did your parents have gay friends? And what was their relationship with those friends? So I will start. My mom uh, was a music major uh, at Syracuse University. But she had a parade. She was, she, <laughs> she and my dad were there when Joe Biden was in law school. Thank you very much. Um, but so I think as a result, uh, I like almost all of, I shouldn't say almost all, but a lot of like the professors my mom talks about were gay. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, obviously this is like, this would have been like late sixties. So this is, you know, pretty rare. Um, and it always sounded like there was, I think one particular professor that my, I think my dad and my mom were like friends with, and they would hang out with, with that person. Um, my parents had we had gay neighbors down the street when I moved into our when we moved into our house um, in like 1996. Um, they were very standoffish. They were super cold. They they might have had they were also these gay neighbors were probably in their 70s at the time. So maybe they were just kind of used to being shunned uh, by that point. Um, and now and I, I, the final sort of the third generation of gay of gay friends that they have there. <laughs> The uh, they're like like their best friends live like two doors down, and their son is gay, 
And I always say that Johnny is my parents, like the gay son they never had. He is like, <laughs> he comes over, like he's a, he's like a, like a Broadway <clears throat> singer and dancer and performer, but he'll come over and like, my mom will play piano and he'll sing. And oh, like, that's oh my Mary, God. Mary will send a video of like them playing together. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, like, this is literally what my mom, <laughs> right. This is what my mom like always <laughs> dreamed of. Um, so that, that, that that's your mother that's, though. I will say to that, to that, to your story there, I think it is so fucking fantastic for, I would say, I don't know if, if men are the same way, but for women of a certain age to be able to have that connection to like a man mm -hmm. airstraight who has a similar interest without any sort of need for anything other than just like, we appreciate each other for this purpose. And yeah. it's, it's like satisfying and, and necessary. We grow on those things. I think that's so great and special. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm, I'm very happy for her. I'm glad, I'm glad, I'm glad she has Johnny. <laughs> but what, what about you? What about you, Alan? No, my parents, I mean, my parents didn't have any friends when I was a kid. Like there was, <laughs> right. there were no friends outside the family. We were a very insular family to the point that we, my mom never really had any friends. She would talk about one guy in her church. I think one of the elders in like Mormon church when she was yeah. a kid who was gay and, and he, he committed suicide or died. by oh, suicide. Okay. So you know not not the not the brightest of stories the, that was, right. that's the only connection to anything queer as a kid that i remember my parents having other yeah. than like loving a lot of sort of the random queer things that would happen like yeah. birdcage they love the movie birdcage yeah, or like, yeah, yeah. Like that. yeah that was sort of the queer aesthetic that i would have from them in the friend sense but like yeah nothing direct. you know the reason this came up and and then of course elliot will get to you real quick um or I'll say this real quick. The reason this came up was because I still remember when Anthony Kennedy was a Supreme Court justice on, of course, the, our Supreme Court, he penned the opinion that legalized gay marriage. So he always he penned all of the gay the gay rights opinions over the last most of them over the last you know, 15, 20 years. Um, but when he did, I remember someone wrote an article about how. He was this guy. I mean, Kennedy's probably 85 now. So this is a long time ago. It's probably in the 50s. He was this guy who viewed gay people, even in an era like that, as just people and as not not as deviants, but not also not as different or weird. Not he special. Just, not special. It, literally, the article was like all he did was see them as people. And that was that. And that's what became this, you know, um, you know, prominent gay rights supreme yeah. court justice i just i find it interesting to think that like that's all it took you know back yeah. then all it took was just to be like oh yeah that's my buddy from law school he's he's a good guy like that's all he me, did it reminds know? me of this this quote that's been going around on the internet right now of liza minnelli in some interview from i think the 80s or something and they ask her you have a big gay fan base why do you think that is and she responds because they have taste <laughs> <laughs> that's, actually, that's actually really good now what about you elliot um, my parents uh, had, I would, I doubt they had like, I mean, maybe they had some gay friends. I think they had some gay friends and they lived in like in, uh, New England and like Massachusetts after college. Um, mm -hmm. But when I was growing up, there wasn't really many out gay people. There certainly weren't like out gay people in the burbs of Long Island where I right. was. I mean, my mom's hairstylist was gay. All right. of our, all of their gay friends were um, in the city. So my, yeah. my, 
aunt in the city and her and her friends were my parents close friends um and they were all you know gay middle class you know artists and civil servants and teachers and educators so um they were gay i mean ironically one of our family friends i think i've talked about a couple times in the podcast was like this you know loud uh or like very like uh verbose you know adult man who spoke like this and had like (laughs) you know he had he talked like this and he it was in the city and never dated like he or he talked about having he had like a crush on a one woman that he was just obsessed with no (laughs) yeah but he also had a i'll never forget being a kid being like why does this why does he have a barbara streisand um picture in his kitchen like what does he love about Barbara Streisand? I don't get it. And he had a framed picture of Barbara on his wall in 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 uh, in the city. Um, and then years later, I mean, like twenty, it it took like, I think twenty years for him and another friend in their friend group to get together, and now they're happily married and you know, wow, together for decades. But even yeah. then, I think he was not really out out. Yeah. Yeah. You know, maybe like not no, not really out out. Yeah. Whereas yeah. you know, the other friends were 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 gay, but um, yeah, that that was everybody was in this pretty much in the city that that were like queer. It's and so it's guys, so hard to imagine now, uh, like imagine in twenty years anyone from our generation not having a gay friend. At one oh, point I know. In life. Oh, I know. It's impossible it's, to imagine now. Which, you I know? mean, just shows you that the guy like Elliot was just describing literally are sort of like the leaders of the. Because if if that dude didn't feel confident enough to have fucking Barbara Streisand hanging up in his fucking kitchen, and then invited your parents over and you as a kid to be able to see that and question that. That's a fucking brave dude. That's a dude who yeah. just lived authentically in his own way. Mm-hmm. And then later on, because of where we are now, was able to come out and be at a place where it's so weird to think of someone not knowing a gay person. Now, there, yeah. we should say that there are there are part we we are blessed to live in from urban areas and big yeah, for sure. and everything. So there are situations where people don't have a lot of queer identity in their communities. And because of that, maybe they don't necessarily know a lot of queer people. And I feel like a lot of people listening are probably like, I don't know if my parents do. Like, I don't think my parents do to me. You know what I mean? So like, it still is a problem. Yeah. Yep. There's more visibility. Yep. Yeah. And and, and it is a problem and it's Alan's fault. What would your aunt say? Uh, Brent, what would your aunt Ramona say about something she heard on today's podcast? Uh, I I had a gay friend once for one day and I gave him a Bible and I said, read it. (laughs) My aunt Joanne would say, why does somebody have to be gay to love Baba Streisand? Maybe they just have good taste in Jews. Uh (laughs) (laughs) What about Aunt Anne? My Aunt Anne would say, I only make the bear face when I'm eating a bear claw. I love donuts. I love donuts. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. Look it up. Look up bear face. It's I love a bear claw. I want a donut. <laughs> I saw someone post a story about a donut last night. Donuts are the best dessert. Ah, they are so good. But I'm on a diet right now, Alan. I can't have a donut. Brother. Brother.